Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Pastor J.D. today will reiterate that the end of all things is near. Current events around the world and in this very country allude to it daily. And that's why the gospel message is so important right now. As he does each week, Pastor J.D. will repeat the simple and powerful ABCs of salvation and encourage you to bring it to people you know right now. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 28, 2018. Some estimate there are about 14,000 and growing in this caravan, so-called. But is it just me? Or are 99.9% of those pictured here men? Not families. Not women and children. Men. It was reported this last week on Fox News that they've already discovered that there are MS-13 gang members in this caravan. There are Islamic terrorists in this caravan. I want to share with you a quote that I was tagged on Facebook with by an online member. Those who enter our country illegally and those who employ them disrespect the rule of law. And because we live in an age where terrorists are challenging our borders, we simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, and unchecked. Americans are right to demand better border security and better enforcement of the immigration laws. Wow. Yeah, right? You know who said this? Not President Trump. You know who said this? You won't be clapping after I tell you. Barack Hussein Obama. 2006. Hello? (laughs) 12 years ago. My, how much has changed in 12 years, huh? Let me just be very clear and say that this is not immigration. This is invasion. This is invasion. And you'll forgive me, but this is personal for me. I'm an immigrant. 
My parents were refugees to this country. They fled the oppression of Islam and came to America when I was nine months old. It's from a newspaper article in 1963. And the title of the article was, Egyptian Family Comes to Everett as Refugees. You mind if I share a quick quote? They quote my father. Listen to what he said. Soon after he left Egypt, persecution of various Christian groups as well as Jews began as they lost their jobs, their property, and their civil rights. He went on to say, I consider March 20th, 1963 as my new birthday, for on this day we arrived in your wonderful city, speaking of Everett, Washington, and commenced a new life. Our hearts are filled with gratitude for this opportunity. Do you know, again, I for five years, they studied as they worked all day and all night, and as much time as they could spare, they studied to get their citizenship. And I'll never forget that day. I was very young at the time. But on that day, they, with their ceremony for their citizenship, they, they stood there with tears streaming down their face as they were granted their American citizenship. That's immigration. That's immigration. 20 years later, The year 1983, I'm new and the Lord had just come to Christ. And they published this article in the local paper with the headline, Political Immigrants Find Much to Admire in the U.S. In this article, they quoted my mom, and I want to share it with you. Listen to what she said. We lived on our nerves for three and a half years before we came to America. The first night we slept in this country, it was heaven. There was no one who would come in to kill us. No one looking for evidence against us to accuse us falsely. It was great. And then she says this. I think that Americans do not know how it is in other countries. They take America for granted. My husband and I, with all of our hearts, appreciate America. Here's where I'm going with this, and you'll forgive the bluntness with which I say this. But not only do we take America and our freedom for granted, we take our right to vote for granted as well. A number of years ago, I shared with a brother in the church at the time, that I truly believe that God holds us accountable for voting. Not just if we don't vote, but for how we vote. I can tell by the look on some of your faces that you're, <laughs> that was his expression, by the way. He's kind of shocked a little bit. What? Yeah. Let me ask you this question. Don't you find it interesting that so much is happening leading up to this election? Could it be that there are those who recognize how important it is? 
please don't get me wrong. We talked about this last week. God is still on the throne no matter the outcome. Never imagine that if the Republicans lose the House, that God is going to stand up and start pacing back and forth. (laughs) You know, what happened? No. God is completely in control no matter the outcome, but it is incumbent upon us to vote for candidates who hold biblical values. We take it for granted. We take it for granted. I know I, I hope you don't tire of me sharing this, but had my parents not brought me to America when they did, I doubt very much I would have been even alive today, let alone saved today. We do take this great country for granted. God has truly blessed America. Well, I realize that what I'm about to say may jam some gears, but I'm going to jam some gears in Jesus' name anyway. (laughs) The outcome of this election has the propensity to profoundly impact both Jews and Christians. I'm personally of the belief that regardless of the results, we as a nation have been fully given over to a satanic hatred. And I'll take it further and say that we may have very well passed the proverbial point of no return. With all that's happened prior, think about this. Wouldn't it stand to reason that it's going to get even worse after? I know this might seem absurd as I illustrate this point, but can you imagine if the Republicans kept the House, the Senate, and and by the way, the White House too. Keep in mind, they don't want to just impeach President Trump. They want to assassinate President Trump. You understand that, right? And do you know why? It's because of the Judeo-Christian ethic. This whole thing we just saw play out with Kavanaugh. That was all about pro-life. It's all about biblical values. The support of Israel. The pro-Christian, pro-Israel policies from this president. Can you imagine if they keep the House, they keep the Senate? Can you imagine the Democratic Party, the liberals, the progressives, the far left, I'm delineating between all of them. Could you imagine them going, oh, okay, we'll regroup and try again in 2020. Again, they have threatened unspeakable things if they don't win in nine days. And then, if they do end up getting maybe the Senate, not likely the House. You think things are going to get better? 
The reason I wanted to kind of take it further is because of this Ynet News article that I think really gives us an adequate picture of what is coming after the elections. Notice it's after the U.S. midterms that French President Emmanuel Macron intends to present his own Mideast peace plan if U.S. President Donald Trump fails to. Oh, really? Oh, and you're waiting for the midterm elections? Oh, how thoughtful. <laughs> no, there's a reason. They're waiting to see who's going to win, who's going to be in power. What really struck me were the statements from Foreign Ministry Political Director Alon Ushpiz, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, concerning Jerusalem, believing the Democrats will come out ahead in the midterm elections, something that would undoubtedly have a significant effect on Israel. Listen to this quote from the director. A third of Congress, this is stunning, a third of Congress members are going to be replaced, and it is unclear if they are all on our side. In fact, we will be starting from zero, and what we had since Trump had taken office is going to change, and we must prepare for that. Did you hear that? The whole world specifically and rightfully Israel is watching what's going to happen on Tuesday, November 6th in the United States of America. That's what's at stake. Maybe I just need to say it very simply. It's going to get worse. No matter who wins. And we've already seen what's happened just in the week leading up to this. What's going to happen this week? The elections aren't until the following week. What's going to happen this week? What are we going to wake up to? You know, in Hawaii, we're always behind, especially East Coast time, five hours, or six hours, soon to be five hours when they have daylight savings time. But what are we going to wake up to tomorrow morning? when we turn on the TVs and go to our news feeds. As I was preparing for the update yesterday, the Lord directed me to something the Apostle Peter wrote in his first letter. It's in chapter 4, verse 7. Listen to what he says. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. I cannot think of a better verse than this. Truth be known, it's because the end of all things is near that we do these weekly updates and have for 12 years since 2006. And it's our prayer that people will wake up, be alert, and of sober mind. We are living truly in the last moments of world history as we know it. It's also because the end of all things is near that we end our weekly prophecy updates with the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. 
And we do so by way of the ABCs of salvation. And I hope you know that as a church here locally, we are privileged to be part of a body of Christ that reaches far beyond the four walls of this beautiful church building to the uttermost parts of the earth. People we're going to see in heaven. And we continue to receive from people all over the world these testimonies about how people are getting saved because of the ABCs of salvation. Last week I shared about this pastor of a small church in Wisconsin. And he put the ABCs of salvation on the back of their church bulletin, so instead of people throwing the bulletin away, they could tear off that back page and have a tract. Be equipped. So this week I want to share with you an email from an online member by the name of Rebecca Chambers. Listen to this. I wanted to encourage JD with the ABCs of salvation. Jesus has used me to lead two people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ using the ABCs of salvation. Would you believe me if I told you that I had to, there's so many more of these that I would love to be able to share with you, and more will come in next week, and more will come in the week after. So let me close with the ABCs of salvation and the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? This is the gospel. Jesus Christ came, he was crucified, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day, and he's coming back one day. That's the good news, which is what the word gospel means. The word gospel literally means your debt has been paid. Your penalty has been paid. Good news, you're free to go. That's what the word gospel means. How is our debt paid? Oh, by Jesus Christ, who came and paid the death penalty in our stead, and rose again from the dead? That's the good news. That's the gospel. The A for in the ABCs is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you're in need of the Savior. This is really what repentance is in the sense that you're acknowledging your sin, you're turning from your sin, and you're acknowledging your need for the Savior and for salvation. Romans 3.10, Paul, quoting from the Psalms, says, There is no one righteous, not even one. No one can be good enough. You might be good, you'll never be good enough. And that's because of what Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned, all, and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, interestingly, sort of packages the bad news with the good news, the bad news first. And it's the pronouncing of the death penalty on all of us because all have sinned. It says, for the wages of sin is death. That's the death penalty that Jesus Christ paid. But, and here's the good news. 
The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice the contrast between gift and wage. One is earned, one is received. This gift that we received, oh, it cost, not us, Him, everything to pay for it in full for us instead of us. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you will be saved. See how simple it is? I think I mentioned this, but it really hit me that the two truths that Satan wants to complicate and confuse are prayer and the gospel. Those are the two things that Satan confuses and complicates. Why? Because with prayer, if he complicates prayer, he keeps the Christian from prayer. And if he keeps the Christian from prayer, he severs that connection and the source of the power from prayer. He is more fearful of a Christian praying than anything else. I would even venture to say he's more afraid of you and I when we pray than he is when we read the Bible. And even when we go to church, he doesn't like it. But boy, when we start praying, all the forces of hell are unleashed to get us to start getting our minds wandering. You know how that is when you start praying? Oh yeah, that's right, i got to remember to. And then the emails start coming in, the phone starts ringing, and it's the wrong number. (laughs) What do you think that is? And why do you think that is? It's because you're praying and Satan doesn't want you to pray. But the gospel... He wants to complicate the gospel because if he can complicate the gospel, then he keeps people from coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's so childlike simple, but if you make the gospel complicated, you put a hindrance, an obstacle, a hurdle in front of somebody. It's so simple. Well, here's the C lastly. It's for call upon the name of the Lord, or if you prefer, confess with your mouth. This is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And I don't know how it can be any simpler than this, but Romans 10.13 says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The ABCs of salvation, the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.